Welcome to episode 377 of the Hoopercast Movie Hour. I'm doing a little preamble. I don't do that all the time. Why am I doing this? Well, basically what happened was I had to exit the show uh, as soon as we started the review of the menu uh, for family reasons, and I was not able to return and actually participate in the review with John and Dustin. So they are the main ones giving the review of the menu in the original recording. But what I'm going to do is still come back on here and give my thoughts um, either as we go or just after they're finished, whichever I think is going to flow better. So uh, yeah, anyways, that's just to explain why I just sort of disappear um, from the conversation and uh, just wanted to give the reasoning for that. So Regardless, enjoy the episode, and um, thank you for listening. Is there is there like a particular like season that cats are like in heat? Because there's been a lot of that going on <laughs> the past several days. I I'm, don't I'm think so. I mean, I'm in my I, office trying to work, and I just hear like. And other terrible. I, I, I can't do the noise justice, <laughs> but it's terrible. It's terrifying. And like I will look outside, like what is that? Like I think like someone's hurt. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What is it, Lassie? And um, and it's not Lassie. It's uh, what I no. see is horrifying. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, and I needed to stop. Quick, quick, kids, away from the windows. Congrats, Johnny. Thank you. Thank you. The newly engaged John Hayden. Hey. Engaged. Wasn't that like a thing? Wasn't that a Star Trek thing? Yeah, that's what Picard says. Yeah, it's Captain Picard says that. Picard, okay. Was that what was There's also a, a gaming device called the Engage. You remember this is a Nokia Engage? Yes. Engage. Oh, like the letter the N. Engage. Yes. Yeah, the letter N for Nokia. It was, it was a it was a phone that played games. There's probably at least five of them out there in the wild somewhere. The rest are all in a landfill. Yeah, <laughs> is that somewhere with the, the the power glove? They were never sold. <laughs> hey, the power glove's awesome. It is awful, but awesome. Dustin, do you have an engage on that shelf in your in your house? <laughs> I do not. Okay, I do not have one. I, if you if you gave me an engage for free, I don't know if I would take it. I was gonna say, did I did I plant this? Do you now need one? Have, are you like now like yes. we're gonna stop? We're gonna finish tonight. You're gonna be like, ah, I need it. I'm, I'm halfway. <laughs> I'm halfway certain that they ported Sonic Advance to the engage. So there Sweet. you go. <laughs> <laughs> he said to to no reaction from either participant. There. <laughs> If this goes in the show, there's at least one listener out there who goes, oh, cool. Oh, the engage. I remember seeing an ad for that once. <laughs> yeah. Of course, that's assuming there is more than one listener. That's true. Well, let's let's find out. Uh, okay. <laughs> Hello. Hello, gentlemen. Um, okay. Hello. So I wanted to begin tonight um, 
uh, with uh, not the original beginning I had in mind, but uh, so we're recording this on January 31st. Uh, this episode is not going to be out until uh, February 10th, but though on the day we recorded this, we had all this DC stuff announced. Uh, I'd forgotten until Dustin sent it to us um, that supposedly by the end of January, there was supposed to be this announcement by James Gunn about the upcoming slate of DC projects at, uh, at Warner brothers. And, uh, and then it brought back like this flood of less recent memories of like people just, he would show like a, a photo on Instagram of like Catterday or something from guardians three and every single comment would be like, Hey, when's the, when's the DC announcement coming up? When's it coming, man? It's like, it's, it's January 26th. And he was like, chill out. There's like, there's several more days left in the month. I don't know if that's why he waited. And then every (laughs) other comment, every other comment is bring back Cavill, you coward. Yes. Um, restore the Snyder verse or else. So the DC thing happened uh, and a bunch of projects were announced and it was weird. Um, Dustin, you sent us the, the announcements. I watched it and we all had a lot of fun <laughs> talking about it. Um, yeah. Among the things announced was an alternate Batman project that, you know, mm-hmm. with it's going to feature Damian Wayne and the, you know, the Bat family. And so that was the only thing he announced where I was like, Oh, that sounds kind of cool because this is something that you talk about a lot on this show and the rest of it. Yeah. I don't know what to think. So, uh, yeah, yeah. what's happening? <laughs> well, we, I won't recap everything. I'll just talk about a couple of things that stuck out to me. Um, first and foremost, new Superman film. Um, and, uh, you know, James Gunn is writing that um, it's called Superman Legacy and focuses on the younger days of Superman. Um, also an HBO Max project called Lanterns, which focuses on Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. Um, and he does say there's a few other Lanterns that may pop up in there. Um, so, you know, I know I know John over there is hoping for some Guy Gardner action. And, uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, I man. I said I wanted Guy Gardner um, to have his own movie. <laughs> oh, sorry. I apologize. I want Kilowog to have his own film. <laughs> I would like that as well. <laughs> and Tomar Ray is the Kilowog and Tomar Ray. I would Ray. like for every minor Green Lantern character to have their own film. And I just like yes, Guy Gardner go. because his name is Guy. Yes, exactly. I want all 5,000 Green Lanterns to get their own solo <laughs> movies. And then, uh, yeah, the new Batman film, um, there was a, a like a prequel, it felt like, to Wonder Woman, but not, it was like, you know, the story of early days of Themyscira. Yeah. Um, Paradise, I think and, is the name uh, of the show. Yeah, Paradise, I think, yeah. And then, um, yeah, a couple different things. So it's it's interesting because it feels like what's happening is we're, we're obviously, they're going to be releasing Shazam 2, Flash, uh, 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 Blue Beetle, and Aquaman 2 because these, are, these have long been in production and most of them are probably in the can anyway. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be released. Um, and then... Uh, after that, it's a little confusing because he does mention that the Batman part two is coming out as well as Joker two, uh, but they'll be branded as Elseworlds titles. Right. Um, so they do not happen within the main continuity that he's establishing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's interesting because he's also going to span live action film 
uh, live action television series and animation um, and gaming. So he confirmed gaming as well. So there's going to be these four branches of of story that are all interconnected. Um, feels like a lot of content to me, but okay. Um, and then, um, and then, you know, uh, he also mentioned like Swamp Thing, which I'm excited. I like, I love Swamp Thing, but like, you know, okay. Um, weird that we're going to get a Swamp Thing film before like, you know, I don't know, any other A-list hero from, from DC Comics, but whatever. The thing that's interesting to me is, like you said, the Bat Family. Um, I've long been a proponent of this, um, but I do think it's weird that we're going to start with presumably Batman and Damien, which begs the question, you know, Damien's the fourth Robin, technically. Um, and so so there's a few Robins before him, which means Batman's been around a while. And yet we're looking at the early days of Superman, which then places Batman and Superman not as contemporaries, but Batman being older than Superman, which uh, I'm just not a fan of, but okay. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's certainly some questions here uh, like that and questions like what, what exactly are we keeping and what are we not keeping? Um, there's a press conference afterwards and James Gunn, I guess was kind of playing coy about a few of them. Like, uh, are we saying Gal Gadot is out as super as, as, as wonder woman? And he says, no, no, not, not necessarily. <laughs> and then the question is, are we saying like, what do we think about the flash? Is Ezra Miller going to continue as the flash? And he says, we'll see what happens. And what about Jason Momoa's Aquaman? Well, I don't know. Right. So, it's it, it, there's a hesitancy to say there's a clean break. And I think there's a reason for that. And we can talk about that in a minute, but uh, I think there's a reason for that. But the main thing is um, it, it, this thing where you're announcing the slate feels more confusing than before you had announced the slate. And that's the weird part to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't had a chance to really dig into it yet. So yeah, I haven't watched the video yet or anything like that. So gotcha. I can't really. I, yeah. I, my, yeah. my, 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 my hot take of it was, it's what I said in our group text, which was like, you know, I, I it's, I'm, I'm all for, you know, the shared, con- like, I, I, I like the, 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 the master plan of stuff like this. I obviously like continuity being upheld and stuff, you know, mixing. Um, but, that's just a lot of content that's going to get at least 50% thrown onto a streaming service. Now, granted Marvel's doing this too with the Disney plus shows, but we're at the point now we talk about it all the time. where like, you know, these streaming services are need to hit profitability soon. Like a lot of them are reaching the end of that five year mark where you need to start making money or, you know, something else is going to happen or you start hiking the prices. So basically like you can't keep, putting shows on these things at a huge loss and expect to get, you know, triple your subscribers in the next year, uh, just because you're making, you know, uh, an Amanda Waller show. So uh, it, while it's like, Oh cool. Like I'm, 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 I'm simultaneously like happy that things like this are getting made and that it's, you know, everyone involved wants to do it. Like it's cool that Viola Davis wants to do an Amanda Waller, show but then i'm like yeah i don't know if i'm gonna watch a lot of this though um 
you know, I have a hard enough time keeping up with the Marvel shows I'm already invested in. Um, this is a lot of, this is a lot of hours <laughs> and yeah, you know, so yeah, I, it, it's sort of like, Oh, cool. Good, good. Good luck with that. I may or may not be there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of like yeah. an Amanda Waller, is it a film or a series? I can't remember. I think it's a series. Okay. So in terms of something like that, for me, it's like, again, more confusing because she's clearly a holdover from the previous universe. So why include her in this? And then, and then even if she wasn't like, even if you're saying, okay, it's not Viola Davis, it's somebody new, but why start with Amanda Waller? If ever there was a character that doesn't, doesn't need a mini series, it's Amanda Waller. Um, she, she is an important figure. Sure. But not important enough for eight episodes of a series in the early days of of DC. Like Marvel, at least they they built their name on the on the A list. I mean, not really. I mean, obviously Iron Man wasn't A list at the time, but you know, like recognizable names, right? And then and then started to branch out into some of the the more obscure characters. But even then, you know, if you want to talk about like Shang-Chi or, or something like that, the Eternals, um, these, these don't have name recognition, but th- there's I, I don't know, they, they, they are a, a, uh, a heroic protagonists, you know, you know what I mean? And and Amanda Waller is kind of like this gray area, but mostly antagonist. And I'm like, so don't start there. Start with your heroes and build them up. Mm -hmm. And then you can spin off your villains if you really want to. But this is the same mistake that DC made originally, which was they jumped into the Suicide Squad before they had established their heroes. And this is a problem. Um, And Marvel is just now dipping their toe into like the Thunderbolts where you've got these, you know, morally gray characters, uh, mostly antagonists that are getting their own thing. It's because they've built up the heroes for so long. That's why it, you know, has a chance at working. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, as a huge DC fan. I, I yeah I I'm, I can't say I was super elated about a lot of this because what I really wanted them to say was look it's clean break everything after uh, the release of Aquaman two is completely new fresh stuff and there's no holdover from the previous universe great now I can get kind of behind you you can do whatever you want but here here's what I was I was teasing a minute ago we'll come back to it which is there's a reason they're not going to do that. And the reason is the second they say right now, these films don't matter. They know they're affecting their box office. So they have to come out right now and say, oh yeah, it'll springboard right into our new universe, which is what he says. It's, it's inviting people to see that to get butts and seats for that so that they might see a glimpse of what's to come. Right. And maybe they will, maybe they won't. doesn't matter. The point is it's, it's a, they know that the second they come out and say, so yeah, Ezra Miller's flash, probably not gonna, you know, mean anything going forward, but it'll be a fun little adventure. No one's going to see it. Right. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Right. So they can't do that. And so they're going to talk up these films and that makes total sense to me. So I think I think if anything, maybe maybe we did this, we announced this a little early. Um, maybe we should have let those remaining films 
release and then announce what we're going to do. That's a long way away. And so clearly they wanted to do, they wanted to say something, yeah. but I, I think it was just too much too soon. Cause don't, don't Shazam and Flash come out this year? Yeah. And Aquaman too, I believe, okay, but I think so, it's at the end of the year. All right. So yeah, they totally had time to wait. Cause when's the, the earliest of these projects coming out? You know what? Late 2024 at the very earliest 2025, I think was for Batman. Yeah, I I don't know that they announced any release dates except Superman, which I know was 2025. I thought Batman um, was in October for some reason. Maybe they may be they may be the same year, but yeah, but but yeah, but they, yeah, but but they're that's straight to your point. It's like if you've got two years before anything's even going to be hitting theaters, and you only have like yeah. one year until all three of those yeah. movies come out, why not just? Unless you're yeah. polling the public for like a for like a to try to feel them out, like what are they excited about? What can, what should be course correct? Which can't be the case because yeah. you announce a project, you're you're committing to a project. Um, otherwise, you look stupid if you <laughs> decide not to make it because no one's excited for an Amanda Waller show. Right. But like, yeah, I mean, just announce it next year, <laughs> next January. Yeah, just be like, all yeah. right, cool. Do you like those movies? Well, we're gonna move forward now, but. Hey, not only do we have announcements for projects, I've got some footage for you. Maybe a trailer. Yeah. Oh right. my or god! A casting, casting announcement yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. More to yeah. show you. Right. Oh. But look, I mean, I, I don't want to be totally down on this because the truth is, we've all been saying for a long time, and we'll move on. We got other things to talk about. Uh, but we've all been saying for a long time that DC needs a retooling, and we needed to to see some some forward movement happening and 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 that's what this was um the fact is we're getting a new batman we're getting a new superman um and 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 leaving the snyderverse behind is is probably a good thing so or yeah. it is a good thing so so there there's there's you know it's not it's not bad news for sure it, it's just confusing news well, there's that. Cool. So we'll see. We'll there's see how that. that unfolds. Things may have unfolded uh, between now and the release of this episode. So we'll see. Sure. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, who, who knows? Cool. Maybe Ezra Miller's arrest record will have updated by then too. <laughs> and uh, time is on my side with that announcement. So. <laughs> All I have to say about that is ta-ta, Tobro man. He's a DC character, right? Yes. <laughs> is he? I didn't know that. Seriously? No, no he's not. I feel so stupid Sorry, asking that question. <laughs> well, I didn't know. You know how like you know how like Baymax is like a Marvel character. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, right, right, right. Yeah, they're not at all the same though. It's like is Turbo Man some no. kind of like? I think that's a it's a Fox movie, I believe. <laughs> You're no, but, right, but, but you know what is a DC character? The Karate Kid. Is that true? It is true. If you if you watch the so the Karate Kid is a character from DC Comics, and if you watch the credits for the Karate Kid, it'll say at the end. Uh, uh, title Karate Kid used with permission by DC Comics. Oh. Yeah. That's like the uh, Marvel Comics did all the Transformers comics. Oh, yeah. So technically, there's like a famous cover where it's like Spider-Man is fighting Megatron from like way back in the day. Um, really? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. All right. I'm going to jump in here in the edit and go ahead and pitch it to break. This is kind of where things start to sort of get... A little bit disconnected in the recording because of stuff that kept interrupting so i'm just gonna go ahead and say we're gonna go to break when we come back a little bit of chit chat from john and dustin and then we'll go on to talk about the menu 
Han feeling ke ni? <laughs> my my brain will always think when when you when you put that game in and hit start, it like starts with the anime cutscene. It's like yeah, bam, yeah. Bam, 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 hi professor Pikachu sipping like a cocktail in the pool. Ash, you have to get to Pokemon Puzzle League Village. <laughs> that doesn't. That's not a real place, Professor Oak. Yeah. I think you're having a professor stroke. I remember felt like putting that card in, and I was like, "Whoa, this is like a real scene, though." You know? It's yeah, like, I know. It, that was, it was pretty so wild cool. back in the day. You know? It was. I was like, "Oh, they have the voices and everything." Yeah, it's like, "Oh, this, this is, is cool. like a, You could watch an episode of the show on here. Yes. I wonder, so so that, I think that was the first time I heard a lot of those characters' voices, like Lorelai and all that. And it's the same for the show, right? Like, it's the same voices? Yeah, Lorelai was in yeah. the show. Yeah, I, and I, so, but I was, I'm pretty sure that that game came out before I heard her voice on it the may show. Have, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. could be wrong, but I just remember, that was like, later on. That was, you know, yeah. 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 Yep. I'm trying but, to think, like, who else? There, there were some other, like... Bruno was Lance was in in it from the Elite Four. Mm, I don't think Lance or Agatha were in it. Um, trying to remember. I know, I know it was Bruno. Richie was in there. Richie, Agatha. I mean, uh, Lorelai, um, Lieutenant Surge. Yeah. I'm just trying to All think. the gym leaders, I think, were in there, right? Yeah. Erica was Sabrina. Was Sabrina? Yeah. yeah Sabrina I think so. Was. Yeah. Um, um, Koga. Blaine was when you're hot, you're hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that game. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. It has nothing to do with Pokemon, but it's so good. It's it's so fun. It, it's it a marriage is. made in heaven. Yes, it is. <laughs> I got um, the physical copy of Pokemon Snap. Oh, did um, you? I used to have it when I was a kid, and then mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I lost it or something. Yeah. And I finally got a physical copy of it. And I'm like, yes. Sweet. <laughs> I, I have one too, but the battery, the internal battery's dead, so it can't save anything. Ooh. I'm like, oh, great. You need to buy one of those Blockbuster kiosks. Yes. Print out all your stickers. Where you print them out. Did you that'd ever do be, that? Yeah, that'd be dope. <laughs> the, yeah, I, I, I loved that when I was a kid. I was like, yeah, that was dope. Give me, give me them stickers. Did you ever have Pokemon? Um, which one was the one for the was it Pokemon Stadium? Yes. Okay, so I bought the import version of that before it came out. Okay. And I you had to get like a just like a uh almost like a power base, you know, the power base converter for like yeah. the Genesis. It was almost yep. like that where you could play import games. Okay. And so I was like, oh my god, I'm I'm so excited to play this. And yeah. I like plug it in immediately. I was like, oh god, this was such a mistake because I was like 10, 10 yeah. years old, you know. And it's all in Japanese. And yes. obviously, Pokemon is very text-based. You know? yep. <laughs> so like, and you're like, I have no idea. I was like, I'll play the mini games. I guess this was a horrible decision. <laughs> <laughs> so I never Dude, got the real. I never got the real one. I played I those the, mini games the, way yeah, more the than the North American version. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was there was a Pokemon uh, Stadium two, and I yeah. never played it. And that one I had think there, Ho-Oh and Lugia on the cover, I think. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. Because I remember, I, I was going to say, I, I thought there was two and there was gold and silver, but maybe it was the same thing. Well, gold um, and silver had them on there, but but like, the, I remember distinctly the cartridge for that and it had the, both of them on there for the 64 and then in the middle it said two. Ah, cool. Let okay, me look it gotcha. up. Now yeah, I never, I never played that one. 
after Gen 2, like the handheld Gen 2 games, I kind of dropped off for a long time. Okay. It looks like the um, gold and silver, but they're like rendered. Oh, okay. Oh, they're yeah, like yeah, 3D yes. renders. Seen, uh, yes. I, yes. Yes. And the, the cartridge is gold, right? Yes. Yes. It says links to Game Boy, Pokemon, gold, silver, yellow, blue, and red. Oh, yep. look at that. Big time. How about that? Sweet. Got to go pick one up. Yeah. It's probably pretty expensive. Yeah, I bet it is. Let's talk about the menu. Is that going to fit everyone? Yeah, easily. 12 customers total. How do they turn a profit? 12.50 a head, that's how. What are we eating, a Rolex? It's one of his classics. You have to try the mouthfeel of the mignonette. Please don't say mouthfeel. Tonight will be madness. Welcome. We'll endeavor to make your evening as pleasant as possible. Welcome to Hawthorne. Here we are family. Yes, we harvest, we ferment, we gel. They gel? We gel. He's not just a chef, he's a storyteller. The game is trying to guess what the overarching theme of the entire meal is going to be. You won't know till the end. Who are you? I am Margo. Why do you care? I have to know if you're with us or with them. This menu. The pictures, they're of us. This guest list. How do they get these? It's not good. This entire evening. Jesus Christ. This is just theater. It's stagecraft. We're leaving now. It has been painstakingly planned. This is real, isn't it? What the hell is going on? We now offer you a 45-second head start. <laughs> okay, 45 seconds starts now. This is what you're paying for. Get out of my way. It's all part of the menu. It's okay. No, we're gonna die today. Yes, we are. Yeah. Told him it was my birthday. Seemed funny about three hours ago. The menu. <clears throat> the menu. So I think this script came off the blacklist I read. So which is, explains why the writers Seth Rice and Will Tracy aren't even hyperlinked online. It's so oh, wow. so novel and so new. The director is Mark Mylod, and it's got a star-studded cast. You got mm-hmm. Ray Fiennes, Anya Taylor Joy, Nicholas Holt. Uh, Hong Chow, Janet McTeer, Reed, Bernie, Judith Light, John Leguizamo. Um, so this uh, this is an interesting little movie. Um, uh, the trailer was uh, certainly piqued my interest, um, and I sort of waited to hear stuff about it, and I heard it was worth seeing. And then it popped up on HBO Max, which is where I saw it. Um, uh, I, I enjoyed the menu. Glad I watched it. And um, I think it's uh, I think it's fun. And uh, we'll talk. I'll talk more about why uh, in a minute. But uh, what about you? What did you think of the menu? Um, I, I thought it was OK. OK. Um, yeah, I, I, there were certainly highs and lows to it. Um, I thought the performance was really great. I think it just kind of got in its own way sometimes. Um, 
didn't really quite stick the landing for me, but um, I thought Ray Fiennes was great. I thought Nicholas Holt was great, Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, the cast really uh, made made it a better experience for me, but, you know, it, it was fine. Yeah, and I, I, I mostly agree. I mean, I think it was it was okay. It was, I, I think I gave it three stars. It's It's fine. Um, it's, it's not even really something that I would necessarily recommend, um, somebody watch, but I I think, um, what, what annoyed me the most was, and I, and I understand what they were doing, but it it annoyed me that it felt like none of the characters acted like people. Um, they acted like plot devices, right? So they all moved the plot forward, but none of them were behaving in the way you'd expect a person to behave in this situation. And, and that goes from the very beginning. Nicholas Holt's character in the beginning is, you know, sort of like this too cool for school, uh, fanboy of, uh, Ray Fine's character. And like, he thinks he's better than pretty much everybody else who's coming on there. Like he's, you know, kind of like cracking wise about everybody and, 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 uh, is like well, they're not even really foodies or whatever, and like I I know what I'm talking about here, and and they they go and they sit down and they do this thing, and and as the meals are coming out, he's becoming increasingly like uh, uh, unbelievable as a character, um, where where he it, now granted there's some twists and turns in here that I don't necessarily want to spoil right now, but. Uh, but even even taking those into account, to me, it felt like he was behaving irrationally. And and especially as things really heighten, he's very irrational. And I'm just going to stick with that character as an example, but I think it carries throughout. Um, you know, at, if these things started happening in a real scenario, there's no way that half of these people are behaving the way that they're behaving in this. Um, and so that, that to me was sort of like a stumbling block. I had to understand that, okay, it feels like these characters are all saying something like they're all allegorical. Like these are types of people. And when pushed to the extreme, they don't break that type, you know, that, that type that they are. But I think that in real life, they totally would. So that, that's kind of where I land on the menu, um, and and maybe that's what you mean by getting getting in its own way a little bit, but but yeah. t- to me, like it was, it, it's it it's a great cast, but they just never quite felt real to me. Um, I get that. It, it, I couldn't tell. There were times where it felt like a really dark comedy, and then other times where it felt more like a serious film. So it was, yeah. it was kind of like tonally all over the place, which might have been on yeah. purpose. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I like dark humor. So yeah. those aspects yeah. of it worked for me, and, yeah. but then it was like you were, it was trying to blend it with, you know, a lot more serious stuff at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Nicholas Holt's character, that's, that's a <laughs> kind of a great starting off point because he did get just progressively more cartoonish as the movie went on. Um, yeah. and, um, all this like stuff is going on and he's just commenting on the food and all this. Um, but I thought his performance was good. Uh, yeah, you know, even no, though if it, I thought it was very, you know, broad. Um, yes. You know. Yeah, for sure. It, it was very broad, but but it was good. It, it's just it's the writing, right? It, it was the writing that made him appear to be uh, irrational. And I think that that was, you know, that, like that's a fault. 
um, at least for me, right? And, yeah. and I see what you're saying. Like comedy, you know, tone wise, is this like spooky, scary, tense, terror, right, right, right. or is it, or is it comedy, or is it dark comedy? Is it a little bit of both? It's yeah. kind of a little bit of everything, but um, but some of the comedy elements that are that aren't necessarily dark, they're just like straight up comedy, yeah. didn't really hit for me. And then some of it <laughs> felt a little like half baked, right? So there's the the older couple that's there. Um, they're you know longtime customers of Ray Fine's character, and 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 but there's like more going on there than you think. But they're like talking about it. But it's not really all that like it, like you kind of see it coming, but you also <laughs> are like I I don't know like why. Uh, why include them really at all? Like they didn't right. really do much. I, I completely forgot about those characters until you just brought them up. And, yeah, exactly. And, like that was like that. That storyline was like incredibly dark. Yes. Like the 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 relationship that the, the, the father had in that to yes. Anya Taylor's Anya Taylor Joy's character, and I was like, yes. Oh. Like so that's where it like didn't really mesh with the yeah you know, kind of the broader goofier aspects of it because then right. you also have this like dark sinister underbelly to the whole movie um yeah it was i don't know didn't didn't quite mesh with me but <laughs> yeah it, well i and i agree and i think that like one of the one of the big lines that everybody's talking about is is the line ray fine says to um uh john leguizamo's uh you know assistant or whatever like uh you know, do you have student loans? And she says, no. And he goes, well, you're going to die or whatever. And it's like, that's like a big thing. And everybody's like, Ooh, hilarious. And I'm like, well, okay. It's really on the nose and really kind of unbelievable as a motivation for this guy. Like, why, why is he concerned with this? Like, to me, it, it makes more sense if all of this is is because here's what I thought they were doing. I thought they were doing like, you know, that that conspiracy theory that Ratatouille is actually about Disney and Pixar. Yes. Right. Yeah. So um, which is not fully unbelievable, but that that's the conspiracy theory. Yes. Uh, and uh, I thought they were doing a similar thing here. And it was it was, you know, Ray Fiennes delivering up these things. And I thought it was like a state of film like. A, mm. like statement art, art right? critique yeah uh, yeah exactly and yeah. it's like okay uh, yeah. like uh 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 what's his face nicholas holt is is like a, a fanboy you know yes and uh, like exactly yeah he was like I, i'm the i'm a shill you know whatever like everything he does is great and right. and you know like ray fines is kevin feige you know what he I mean? stands like, ray fine <laughs> yeah and as the kids and, might say <laughs> he stands him yes um and uh so I almost thought that's what they were doing. Um, and then it turned out to be less about the art and more about like just in injustice, it, like perceived injustice in his mind, even outside of his field of expertise. And so then it lost that metaphor, which I thought was like the whole thing. And then it wasn't. And so to me, that felt yeah. a little muddy too. And that, like, there's a whole thing with his mother, which I thought also was kind of, out of left field and it's spooky, but it's not really like, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I it like doesn't the, serve the story. The kind of like takedown of, you know, uh, all the kind of um, stock characters throughout the room, like the the foodie and the, the prof yeah. professional critics and the regulars and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, but then you're right. I mean, it did kind of flip and it kind of, you know, changed, um, you know, its direction towards yeah. the end there. And it, it kind of lost that 
satirical yeah. element that I liked about it. Um, yeah, and then it just same. became, you know, it's like the, where the guy comes in, he's like the, the coast guard or whatever. And yeah. you know, then it felt that felt like a different movie. And yeah, so it was like, real. you know, uh, there were some of those things that just, and yeah. but I got it at the end, you know, he made, he made the hamburger and he was happy and he, he kind of got yeah. back to his roots and you know, yeah. I, I, all that, all that I liked, and but it was yeah. just those things that felt totally out of place and, and, you know, felt like they were from a different movie and kind of got in the way of that, that more satirical element that I liked. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I think, I think it, like if the script comes across my desk and they haven't started shooting yet, a couple of things that I would say is, so embrace your allegory as uh, an artist giving art and how different people react to that art. Right, right. Right. Embrace that metaphor and rewrite it to that, to that and take all of those characters that are now behaving irrationally and, and explain that within like I, I know I just said I didn't want the characters to be metaphors. Like I want them to be real people. I do. But but there's a way to do that so that they're also believable people because bear in mind, all of these types of people are real people, right? So so your fanboy is your fanboy. Your, you know, uh 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 the critics are the critics, the actors are, you know, your your collab supposed to be your collaborators in this thing that that you know, aren't and your, your own parents don't stand behind you. And, you know, there's like the financiers there, well, they're all crooked and like take all of these, all of these things and, and embrace what they are and make it believable that they're there and that they stay there because the art is doing something like giving them money or giving them fame and notoriety, giving them, uh, you know, uh, just the, 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 endorphin rush of a good you know film or a good painting or a good whatever a uh, good a good album like 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 embrace that metaphor i don't know what the old people stand for but then anya taylor joy's character as like this layman this person who comes in and doesn't know anything about art but is able to uh make the artist fall in love with the art again yeah because yeah because because her her opinion is not tainted by money or uh or or like selfish uh 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 shilling like mindless shilling or or selfish ambition standards of what is good and bad you know exactly yeah so so that's where i'm like that's where your movie is actually really smart and what I wish it had embraced more leaned into heavily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. agree. Yeah, agree. But but as it stands, it's not a bad movie. No. I just don't know. I just don't know who I'd recommend it to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, it's a hard movie to recommend, and it's weird too because it ends like an indie film, right? Yeah, it ends right. with her like on the boat eating the burger, eating like, the hamburger. Yeah, you know, like this is like a, a, a an indie movie. Yeah. now all of a sudden. And yeah. so I, I'm just, I, I'm having a hard time figuring out like, who is it made for? Fair. But, yeah. but I would have yeah. a hard time, like, cause I would, I would be very cautious about recommending it to someone because you, you really have to be clued into that person's taste to tell yeah. whether or not they're going to like all those elements and mash together and you know yeah. what, what particular side of the movie they're going to like and all that. But um, yeah, it'd probably be a hard one to market to, you know, yeah. so, you know, 
Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I don't, I don't know where, like what you lean into on this. Is it, is it like a horror thriller thing? Right. Uh, like a Jordan Peele-esque whatever or do you want to like lean into the dark comedy aspects like the lobster or something yeah like like what do you want to really lean into here i i don't know like because well, okay, i've never seen the trailer for this in theaters over and over right? you know several times yeah. and it was it was kind of if i remember correctly build is like a almost like um a dark horror comedy with like strong acting chops. Cause it was like yeah, Ray Fiennes yeah, yeah. was at the front of all the advertising on your yeah. joy was at the front, you know? So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. The great cast. And it looks like a dark movie where a chef tries to kill people. Right. 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 Right, like, right. Okay. And then you go in and it's like, uh, you know, it's that at yeah. times, I, you know, I don't know. Right. So. Yeah. I, I weirdly assumed like, oh, it's a cannibal movie. And then like, oh, no, right. it's, yeah. it's definitely yeah. not that, you know. You so like, are yeah, on the menu. It, yeah, the people are the menu. Um, <laughs> oh, what happened to the, the, the actor? Oh, he's on your plate now. You know, yeah, like, right. like, you know what I mean? But it's um, like that Simpsons Trias of Horror. Right. Yeah, exactly. All the children. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, man, I it, it's interesting. Did you know? So I read this. Did you know that the original Nicholas Holt was Plan B? Do you know who Plan A was? Shia LaBeouf. No, it was it was uh, Daniel Radcliffe, which would have been a cool like oh. uh, reunion for him and Ray Fine. That's right. That's right. That would have been. Cool. That would have taken a dark turn there. That, can you <laughs> yeah. imagine? Like. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Wow. Yeah, I, that would have been great with Daniel Radcliffe. That would have been really I mean, good. I, Nicholas Holt's great too. Um, yeah, no, no, yeah, agreed. But yeah. Agreed, but it, it definitely oh, would have been a different okay. performance. Um, hmm. And um, yeah, I think that would have been interesting to to see, just to see, like, spoiler alert, just to see Voldemort convince Harry to, to hang himself. <laughs> that was like, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> when that yeah, happened. I, so that was like one of the elements. I was like. Yeah, this is really the, dark. <laughs> yes, and that was one of the elements. I was like, "What did he say? This is so irrational. I don't yeah, understand. Uh, yeah. What what could he possibly have said? Like, I don't, I don't get it." Um, but but yeah, I um, I don't know. Maybe maybe the movie's too smart for me, John. I don't know, <laughs> but I, <laughs> but I want. Maybe I just wanted it to be something it wasn't. But, Fair enough. But regardless, like, yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't know who I'd recommend it to. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd have to really know them and, and understand like, oh, your tolerance for stuff like this is is up there. Um, because I certainly like one, one of my tests is and always has been, would I recommend this to my parents? Right. Mm. And and would I recommend this to my parents? Nah, not really. I don't yeah. think I don't think yeah. they enjoy it. Um, but that that's always like my go to like who who's like a, a lay person uh example and i'm like well they are right could, sure. could they enjoy this no yeah could they enjoy top gun maverick oh yeah they could <laughs> <laughs> and they did <laughs> yeah i mean i went in with like mid-level expectations and i was like yeah it, it met those expectations sure. you know yeah, it was fine. Right. It's you know what I'll say this. It's on HBO Max, like Cooper said, and and if you're already paying for HBO Max, then you have access to it. It's not a bad way to spend a couple hours. Sure. So, so I, I you will know, say too, I, I saw it in a theater, 
And there were a lot of like, you know, when you go to a theater, you want that kind of communal experience. Yeah. Everyone, oh, oh. And there were a lot of that, you know, people, people who probably wandered into the theater and went, oh, this yeah. is about cooking. And, you know, yeah. well, let's go. But something sold out. We're, we're going to see a movie though. Oh, yep, we'll go here. And yeah. uh, I, some people weren't in for, you know, what the movie had in store from a lot of, right. oh, oh my God. Silence. It's like your yep. pin drop during certain moments, you know, but, um, Right. But I always exactly. like doing that sort of stuff. I, so even if the movie itself, I was like, yeah, that's fine. I do like going and seeing those type of films that generate yeah. some sort of visceral reaction in people. Um, yes. So only theaters can, can do that. So for sure. This yeah. is a good, this is a good argument in favor of the theatrical experience, which, you know, people come, come down on one side or the other pretty much, but, but I still really love the theater and still really Same. love that, that communal, uh, it, 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 like, like seeing a, a movie with a bunch of strangers just feels right. Like that's kind of how you're supposed to do it. And, uh, like Nicole Kidman even, says, that's what Nicole Kidman says. That's exactly right. In in about twelve different accents that keep slipping in and out of each other, she says this. Uh, twelve different shooting days. 12, She's very busy. Are you kidding me? Like she shot that in twelve minutes. It's shot over the course of a year. <laughs> yes. Uh, she has a day here, yeah, man. Okay, here, we'll make it work. We're all the same, or whatever it is. Yeah. We come to this place for magic. For magic, for popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know what all she says. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Yes, yes, it is. All right, I'll take this opportunity to jump in here in post production and give my expanded thoughts on the menu. As I said at the beginning of the review, I liked it, and I would talk about why later. And of course, that kind of a lot of what I do on the podcast tends to happen when other people start talking about their points. They either cover things I already wanted to cover or they bring up things that I disagree with, or I think of something else while they're talking. And uh, so I sort of end up going forward and springing off of that. So um, as I'm listening to John and Dustin give their points, it gave me a few things to to sort of go over um, beyond my original, like, you know, did I like it? Yes, I liked it. Um, and I think people, other people would like it and I'll explain why. But uh, first of all, just to hit a couple of points, John said the performances are great. Obviously, I agree. I think all these actors are really, really great in this movie. Everyone from Ray Fiennes on down to um, the guy who plays the Coast Guard. Um, I just thought everyone's performances were great. I didn't see anyone who I... Sometimes you see movies and you just go, oh, okay. That might not be like a real actor. I don't know. Um I just thought the movie was edited very well. I particularly liked the way it was shot and I liked the I liked the cross-cutting uh between conversations. I thought that just the pace of the movie was very 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 well done and that's a big part of why I I like it. it comes down to pace. Are people going to get bored, especially if your movie is supposed to be satire or supposed to be very thematic like this one is. Um you know, John and Dustin both said the film was okay. Um, Dustin said he was annoyed by the characters being plot devices. I agree with that point in principle here. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me because you know, whenever you, for me, whenever I'm watching something that's allegory, I can forgive that if I'm still entertained, which I was here. Um, you know, could the film have been better if they had felt more, you know, he's referring more to Nicholas Holt and I agree on that point. 
like you said, as the film goes on, I'm going to have to spoil the movie soon here, but as the film goes on, Nicholas Holt becomes less and less um, real as a character uh, because he's such a, he's such a sycophant that he <laughs> he's just going along and allowing or not reacting to terrible things. And that's either because he knew they were supposed to happen or because he is such a sycophant that he's into it which I think is the film's intention. Or you could read into it that he's just <laughs> completely shocked. <laughs> he's just in shock and not reacting. But uh, the movie makes it out to be like that he's such a fanboy. He's such a shill that he thinks that, no, no, this all this killing is art for sure. Um, again, I think it serves a story. But yeah, I mean, it. You know, if, if, the, if that kind of thing is going to bother you, the movie's going to bump you a little bit. Um, you know, John talked about the kind of the, the wavering of tones. We go from dark comedy and then kind of to a serious film. And to me, that's, that's stakes, you know, a dark comedy can be funny, but like when you're in a situation like this where people can't leave or, you know, the stakes are life and death, like you have to demonstrate that, no, like you need, you do need to feel some tension. Like there is danger here, even though it's a dark comedy, that's, that's the darkness part. Like things are screwed up. Things are going to happen in this movie. Um, other things that were mentioned in the, in the review just now, um, I agree that the old couple was never really fleshed out. You know, they've been here so many times. Why now, why is now the time to pull the trigger on them, um, and punish them. And then the, the darkness angle to that character, I'd probably was just to help make him seem like a less sympathetic asshole character so that you didn't feel bad, uh, for what happens to him. Um, but of course I like the idea that, this movie is a big take on art. Um, I can see how, you know, people can be exasperated with a Hollywood movie. I heard this brought up that a lot of people like the movie just because it, it kind of hates on the rich. And some people think it's hypocritical for a relatively large budget or, you know, star studded film of rich actors to make fun of rich people. Um, whatever. I'm not going to get in the middle of that. Sure. Fine. Um, what I do like seeing is I do like seeing a film poke fun at uh, high art culture. That was refreshing. A lot of times you have movies that, um, especially around Oscar time, this time of year that are just all up their own butts. And, you know, this is film, this is cinema. And I do appreciate, I, I like seeing movies that, that undercut that and that sort of in my mind, reinforce the everyman view of art. That's simply cool. That's great that you think this is artistic, but I'm a normal person and I, this isn't doing it for me at all. Um, this thing you made, uh, this thing where we're not going to eat bread. What the fuck? I'm hungry. You know, that's the thing. Um, and normally, I say normally, often, it's a great word, often, often the movies that are reinforcing the everyman view of entertainment are either blockbuster films, so they might be competently made, but people will always, art critics will always argue that they are just kind of mindless entertainment, or they're indie movies on a low budget that are more on the comedy side than anything else. What I appreciate about the menu is that it's a extremely well-crafted 
movie in a technical sense has all the polish to me in terms of its production design and writing and um, cinematography and editing and sound design. It has all of the elements of a prestige film without the, um, what do you want to call it? Snobbery, I guess, of high art, self-important filmmaking. It's like a regular film in a fancy film's clothing, (laughs) I guess is what I'm saying. That's what I found refreshing about the menu. That's why I would recommend it. Um, Dustin and John touched on, you know, the allegory kind of melding a little too much with the, um, you know, like it's a critique on the film industry probably until we start getting into punishing general injustice and it kind of loses its message. I do agree with that. I just think that that was probably them trying to reconcile the allegory with the the practical plot elements of the movie. Like we have to have, how does that was to me, that was plot mixing a little poorly with theme. The theme is about art, but we still have to have believable setup in the movie about why this restaurant could even exist. How would it operate? Oh, because it's funded by a crime boss. Um, that's how it operates. Well, how does a crime boss not come in and stop this? Well, we're going to put him on a, we're going to put him on a crucifix and drown him or whatever that was like. So to me, that was kind of them trying to smooth out the edges of, okay, these are two different things we have to balance here. Practical plot elements, story believability in, in the real world and the allegory. And perhaps Dustin was right or John, whoever said it in that if they just lean into the allegory more, we could buy into the absence of those things for the message. I'm fine with it. It didn't bother me one bit. Um, but um, Dustin kind of said, I, you know, it's a well-made movie. I just don't know who I would recommend it to. And my, my thing is anyone you know, I, I understand the point that those two made about how, you know, it just depends on the taste of the person you're recommending it to. And, you know, and to me, it's like, yeah, sure. But to me, what I took away from the menu, other than, you know, uh, the points I just laid out, I could still recommend it to anybody because like any movie, it's enjoyable to a general audience. Um, well, like any good movie, it's enjoyable to a general audience uh, in terms of story tension or plot curiosity. You know, I think regular, I say regular people, people who don't study movies or who don't, and who, who don't analyze movies. I think you're watching the movie and going, I want to see how this ends. So that's what I mean by plot curiosity. Maybe that's just good storytelling, but I'll split hairs and call it plot curiosity or story tension. So I think that that's going to entertain a general audience because you just want to, you're just interested in seeing how the movie ends. Um, and we like our main character, Anya Taylor-Joy, and we want to see, because she's, she's a normal person, like most of the people watching this movie, and equally like, yeah, I'm not buying into this. How do I get out of this? Um, and I think that it's the movie is, on top of that, it's more satisfying to anyone who does understand the satire, who goes, oh, this is about art, and it's okay to kind of laugh at, I mean, they pick on you know, celebrity chef culture in this movie as a setting, but this could be argued for any self-important, um, you know, artist, uh, on a large scale, which is just like, are you kidding me? Like, is this art? Like, remember when you just made really simple stuff that, that, it was a little bit more consumed, like you were happier. Like if you're happier, I, I liked that whole message of if, you know, 
Art can be simple. Art doesn't have to be super high concept and inaccessible to be art. Art can be broad. It can be reachable and tangible to a regular person without that much of a shroud of intellectual uh, mystery about it. You know, art sometimes can get confused as like the more exclusive and harder to understand that art is, art is the the artier art that it is. And I think what we argue for on the show all the time is like, no, you can execute a really simple idea really well, like the cheeseburger, you know, um, it's incredibly basic, but if you, you can make a cheese and to be fair to the culinary chefs, we'll watch master chef junior, um, and with Gordon Ramsay, sometimes the challenge make a dish with as few ingredients as possible. You know, maybe make the best hamburger. I think they literally have done a hamburger on that show before. You know, yeah, you could make this, you know, risotto reduction, blah, 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 truffle bullshit. Can you make a ham? Can you make just a really fucking good hamburger? And if you can, you can make even basic things amazing. That is skill as a chef. And to me, that's skill as a, as a, as a writer, as a filmmaker. Can you execute a simple idea very well? I think that the menu, did that. I mean, if the basic idea is a bunch of people go to a restaurant and, you know, (laughs) I guess I don't, without spoiling it, you know, bad things happen. That's the plot. So the commit mechanics, how does it exist? Who's in there? Why those people, all that. But then the theme, what are you saying? We're saying that self-important art um, is self-important and, and kind of dumb. And uh, we should not take uh, those things so seriously all the time or something. I don't know. I like the menu. I think that, uh, most people would enjoy it. Um, and it's on HBO max. And so if you listened all the way through and you somehow didn't get spoiled on the actual plot of the movie, I would recommend you see it, especially if you have the subscription and, uh, I think it's worth it. And, uh, it's one of those things where we're going to sneak in some good ideas under the guise of a well-executed, simple, easy to understand movie, pretty easy to understand. So that's how I feel about the menu. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, I'm going to go pick up my kids. So we'll talk next week, um, about smile. That's going to be fun. We've already recorded it. It was fun. Cheers. Cheers.